0: Gift-giving. I don't know anyone who doesn't enjoy receiving a gift, especially that perfect gift that that somebody thought about. And and I think what we ask for in terms of the gifts that we want to receive and the gifts that we give others, it says a lot about us. Uh, I think it tells a lot about our hearts. Um, I remember this has been... uh, Wow, like 12 years ago, it was David's fourth birthday and we were having a little party for him. And uh, he opened all of his gifts and finally opened a gift from Grandma. And he was delighted as he opened that package and realized that it was a water gun. And I remember it was the super soaker water gun. It was this pump action thing that, that the box said would shoot over 60 feet. And so uh, he was very excited about that and excitedly ran off to the nearest sink to fill that bad boy up with water. I wasn't as excited about the super soaker water gun. Um, and I turned to grandma and my mom and I said, what's with the water gun? said don't you remember how I terrorized you with a water gun for years and she just sat there and finally said oh I remember (laughs) the perfect gift not only for my son but but for me as well and every once in a while there is a gift that really is almost in a separate category a truly life-changing gift and I'm thinking back, it's been a couple of years now. Y'all, a lot of you know Shelby Anders, right? Our, our young man here who, who struggled with a, with a very serious lung disease all of his life was on the list for a double lung transplant. And I'll never forget the night I got the call that, that he had gotten word uh, to head to the hospital quickly. They had these lungs on ice, and, and he got that double lung transplant. And, and, of course, we remember as well that with that gift was that decision that somebody made to be an organ donor. And tragically, that person had lost their life, but they had made provision that someone else's life would be saved. And sure enough, those lungs took. And he's climbing mountains, and I'm watching him on Facebook and seeing him here on Sunday mornings and just delighting in that life-saving gift that not only gave him more years of life, but restored his health, really. What an amazing gift. Uh, Some stranger provided for him and spiritually I was just thinking about that this week spiritually isn't that our story isn't that really our story isn't that the gospel story I mean we have been you have been I've been we've been on the receiving end of the most jaw droppingly generous gift ever because Jesus chose to give his life because of his death we have life Our life has been restored. I mean, because of of that offering at the cross, there's forgiveness for me. I know I'm forgiven. There's eternal life. There's hope. There's a family around me. There's purpose for my life now. Not just making money and trying to have a good time. There's actual meaning to life now. Thank you, Jesus, for that life that you gave me, that cost you yours. And over the past couple of months, we've been really uh, zeroing in on a most sacred gift. And this is one that comes also through the cross because of Jesus. It's the gift of God's own Spirit to live with us. And I love the fact that throughout the New Testament, the Holy Spirit that we enjoy is called a gift. The gift of the Holy Spirit. Jesus in Acts chapter 1 verse 4 let his disciples know he said, you're about to receive the gift my father promised. Put that uh, that scripture up there if you would. The gift my father promised. And then the next passage is that one in Acts chapter 2. And this one reminds me, look, lest we as believers think, oh, the gift of the Holy Spirit, that's for a certain class of Christians, right? I and mean, That's for the elite. That's for the apostles. That was Jesus talking to them. That's just for the apostles. Well, Peter says this. He says, you, he's talking to masses of people, thousands and thousands, you will receive the gift. The gift of the Holy Spirit This promise, this is the best part, right? This promise is for you and your children and all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. The gift of the Holy Spirit is for us. Amen? Isn't that what Peter's saying? All, 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 those who are far off, North Dallas, 2017, the gift of the Holy Spirit is for you. And now, as we saw last week, you don't even need this. Hear me out on this. You don't need this gift, actually. If for you, Christianity, if for you being a disciple of Jesus is living a semi-moral lifestyle and attending church on Sundays, you don't need the gift to do that. But, oh, you do need the gift. You desperately need the gift if you are going to break free and become the person that God has called you to be, you cannot do that without the gift of the Holy Spirit. Think of it this way. How how well would you do and how long would you make it without air? (laughs) You wouldn't do well. And you wouldn't make it long, would you? Well, that word spirit in the Greek, pneuma, it's air, right? I mean, you knew that already. Pneumatic press, uh, pneumonia, lungs, right? Uh, a disease of the lungs. Pneuma is air, it is breathing, it is wind. And physically, how well would I do without air? I, it would be a death sentence. Without error. And spiritually, how well would I do without the spiritual error? The pneuma, the Spirit of God, I wouldn't do well. It'd be a death sentence. But don't worry, okay? God has given you His Spirit. We've seen the promise for us. He has given us His Spirit. It is ours. And we need the Spirit. We need the Spirit. More than, more than we know. We need the Spirit. And Jesus taught his disciples, this is the most incredible thing. He taught taught his disciples, how do you get the Spirit? You ask. Ask for the Spirit. How do you enjoy the gift? You unwrap the gift. It's really simple. And so let's go to our text from Luke chapter 11. By the way, context here, this is right after Luke gives us the Lord's Prayer. Luke chapter 11 starting in verse 9. Jesus says, "Here's what I'm saying. By the way, this is from the message, so this may read a little different than the Bible you carried with you this morning or you have open on your phone. He says, "Here's what I'm saying. Ask and you'll get, seek and you'll find, knock and the door will open. Don't you, don't bargain with God. Be direct." Ask for what you need. This is not a cat and mouse game, hide and seek game we're in. If your little boy asks for a serving of fish, by the way, I think Jesus had a sense of humor. I think think this is supposed to be funny, right? If your little boy asks for a serving of fish, do you scare him with a live snake on his plate? If your little girl asks for an egg, do you trick her with a spider? As bad as you are, thank you, Jesus, right? <laughs> as bad as you are, Gordon, you wouldn't think to do such a thing. You're at least decent to your own children. And don't you think, by the way, this is a rhetorical question, don't you think the Father who conceived you in love will give you the Holy Spirit when? When you ask Him? Jesus is saying, of course. If even you, a numbskull like you, Gordon, knows how to give good presents, you think God will give you the Holy Spirit when you ask? So ask, but isn't it, you know, isn't it weird to ask for something we've already been given? Right? I mean, the Bible says I've got the Holy Spirit when I was baptized, he I receive forgiveness of sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit, Acts 2.38. So why am I asking for something I already have? I mean, I got baptized, I got saved, I received the Holy Spirit. What more is there? Well, I like to think of it this way. This is on your outline this morning. And this is something I really want you to think about. The problem isn't that I don't have all of the Holy Spirit. The problem is that the Holy Spirit doesn't have all of me. I think that's the issue, really, because we're thinking from our side, our viewpoint, I need more of the Holy Spirit. I think, really, you need the Holy Spirit to have more of you, right? To not just be contained in, in this little room, locked up in that part of your life, but for the Holy Spirit to have the run of the place. The Spirit lives in us, amen. Now, there's a relationship with the Spirit that should develop and mature over time. It's like, it's like a story I heard once about this aging couple. Their children had long since grown up and everyone had moved away. And so there they were in this big old house, just them. And the idea came to them. Their house was kind of built like a C, C-shape around this beautiful courtyard Area And the idea came to them, look, one-third of this sea, we could kind of wall off and turn it into like an apartment and rent that out, make a little extra income for our retirement. So that idea seemed good to them. They undertook renovations. The renovations were complete. That apartment was ready. They put an ad in the paper. A young couple came by to look at it, loved it, and said, look, we are about... To get married when we get back from our honeymoon we're going to move in and they said great shook hands deal done well months later elderly couple were sitting there in their living room she was watching judge judy he yeah, he he was reading the paper And the commercials came on, and her eyes wandered from the TV set through the big-picture window into across the courtyard into the living room of that apartment. And she could see that couple sitting on a couch, snuggling together. And it looked like they were whispering sweet nothing, sweet I love yous into each other's ears. And she thought about that. And she finally looked over at her husband, and she said, Looks mighty nice, doesn't it? Mm, he grunted. She said, You know, dear, maybe we ought to try that again. He looked up from the paper long enough to say, Woman, I told you I loved you once. If I ever change my mind, I'll let you know. Ah, the romance there. And for Christians, I think it can get a little bit like that. I mean, I accepted Christ. He's my Lord. I got baptized. I wanted him in my life. If I ever change my mind about that, I'll let him know, okay? But look, the gift of the Holy Spirit is a relationship that develops and grows over time. It is cultivated In our lives and we experience more and more that's why we're asking and when we come to understand that it is the person of God like we talked about the first week he's not just a power it's the person of God the Holy Spirit that he has come to live within us then asking for more in that relationship asking to go deeper saying I need you that's not weird at all because of course you want to grow in your relationship of course you're not satisfied with where you're at. So the gift of the Holy Spirit, it is a life and death question. If someone receives the life-giving gift of a lung transplant or a kidney transplant, the surgery, you know this, the surgery is it's just the beginning, right? Right? Um, you hope it takes. It's the start of a new relationship between the body and the new organ. And if the relationship doesn't develop, we know what happens. It, it's not good. And so let's, just, let's do this. If you would bow your head with me right now, let's just practice what Jesus preached. He said to ask. Let's just do that. Lord, we simply, in your name, ask... Give us the Holy Spirit. We acknowledge, we acknowledge gratefully the truth that we've seen in your scriptures, the truth that you have already provided the Spirit. Thank you for this amazing gift. And even though we have been on the receiving end of your Spirit, of this amazing gift, we ask... We ask because there have been times that we have declined to unwrap the gift. We ask because perhaps we've neglected the gift. We ask because we're tired and frustrated, exhausted, trying to follow Jesus on our own without the gift. Of your presence. Holy Spirit, we crave you like our lungs crave air. We lean on your presence. We lean on your power. Fill us and lead us and equip us for the journey ahead. We don't just want all of you. We want for you to have all of us. And father, once again, we just ask. You're a good Father, Give us this good gift, the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, amen. So let's finish out our series this morning just talking practically why ask for the Holy Spirit. Why, should, why, why do I need the Holy Spirit? Why am I asking for this? And so just some bullet points there. We're going to move around to several different texts this morning all around this idea of asking that Jesus presented us with. But the first thing uh, that... Motivates me to ask I ask because I want my relationship with God to grow deeper and deeper And more meaningful through the years I ask because honestly I want more That's why I ask Well, I told you I loved you and if I ever change my mind. I'll let you know. I don't think so I don't think so Living in fellowship with God. It's not just getting your ticket punched to heaven Well, I'm saved done Mark time until the afterlife, you know. We were designed to live here in fellowship with God. We were designed to thrive here in fellowship with God. Your salvation began the day you accepted Christ. Now grow up into that. Scripture, when it talks about this relationship with God, it's always an image of growth. It's always an image of of relationship going deeper. In the Psalms, as a tree planted by the water. In Jesus' parable, it is a seed that is planted and it sprouts and it grows and it produces a crop a hundredfold. Paul talks about it as a body that grows into health and matures. The Spirit powers this growth. He is the heir that makes this happen. He reminds us that God isn't just God. God is our Abba, our Father. And so the Spirit is constantly affirming our identity as children of God. And so Paul prays this prayer in Romans, and it's a prayer about more. It's a prayer about growing. Um, Listen to this. He says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what I want. And then I ask because I don't want to live because I want to live, sorry, under the presence and the power of God. I don't want to go it alone. I don't want to do this alone. And we don't have to, we talked about this, we don't have to live as spiritual orphans, pull yourself up by the bootstraps, Jesus saved you, now it's all up to you, thinking that... that the work is all yours now. No, the gift of the Spirit has been given so that we don't have to go it alone, so that we have more than enough help than we need. Romans eight thirteen. If you use your lives to do the wrong things your sinful selves want, you will die spiritually. But if you use the Spirit's help to stop doing the wrong things you do with your body, you will have true life. Try to go it alone, Paul says. Death. Using the Spirit's help, that's where the power is unlocked. True life. That's what the Spirit brings when we unwrap His gift in our lives. And the next thing is this. I ask because the Scriptures, I'm just being honest with you here. The Scriptures are full of counsel and commands that I cannot carry out on my own. I need help. I mean, who hasn't read something in the New Testament before and thought, I can't do that. What God is asking me to do, I can't pull that off. And there are a lot of beautiful teachings in the New Testament that we can celebrate, that we could embroider, that we could put on our Facebook wall. But what if Jesus actually expects us to follow them? Love your neighbor as yourself. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loves the church and gave up himself for her. Forgive, seventy times seven. Mm. Those are good commands. I mean, those are those are noble commands. But are they just too hard? For us to take seriously, for us to believe that they actually apply to us, that that Jesus intends for us to follow them. Yes, they are too hard. Just being honest with you, they are too hard. At least if you're expected to pull it off on your own. But you're not expected to pull it off on your own. There's a verse in Ephesians. Ephesians 3, verse 16, where Paul says, The Spirit strengthens you in your inner being. And then he cashes that out in this beautiful closing passage to the chapter here in verses 20 and 21. He says, Now to him who is able... "...to Him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to His power that is at work..." Where? "...within us, to Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen." So I ask for the Spirit because I need help." (laughs) There are things I am called to do that I simply cannot do on my own. There is a person that I am called to be that I cannot be on my own. I need you, Spirit. Holy Father, give me the good gift of the Spirit. Along these lines, the next point there, I ask because there are still some habits and some hang-ups that hold me prisoner. I want to be free. I want to be free. One of our elders reminded me of this passage about a week ago. 2 Corinthians 3:17. Now, the spirit the Lord is the spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Yeah. There's freedom. There are breakthroughs. There are chains that are shattered. There are habits changed, trajectories altered where the Spirit of the Lord is. Where the Spirit of the Lord isn't, there are secrets kept. There are ruts dug deeper. There are facades constructed. But where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is life unbound. And I ask, finally, I ask because the church needs me. I ask because the church needs me. This isn't just you and Jesus. This is about you being called to exercise your gifts to bless and equip the church. I need his gifts so that I can serve. And this is a passage we read already in this series from 1 Peter four ten. God has given each of you, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts, of NUMA gifts. Use them well to serve one another. So if you're a member here, you have been given gifts from the Holy Spirit, NUMA gifts to bless and serve this community of faith. And when we do that. When each person has grabbed an oar and is rowing the boat using their gifts to serve in this incredible variety of spiritual gifts, then the potential of the church is unleashed. And not only are we edifying and blessing each other, but we are blessing the world in the name of Jesus. And the gospel spreads. And so I ask for the Spirit... Because the church needs me. And I ask for the Spirit because the world, the mission field around us, needs for the church to be the church. So when it comes to this amazing gift, the Spirit, Jesus says ask and you'll get, seek and you'll find, knock and the door will be opened. To you. Now, it is truly surprising when I think about the Spirit. Why aren't we seeing more of this? This power and and this presence of the Spirit and feeling that freedom. Why not? And it reminds me of another kind of gift. In fact, this is one of my personal favorite kinds of gifts. I think a lot of us enjoy these gift cards. But you get the right gift card to a store that you enjoy, a restaurant you enjoy. It is a beautiful thing. I like gift cards especially. I mean, I guess you could say I like them a lot more than super soaker water guns. I do. (laughs) And it's truly surprising. I don't know if you've read anything about this, but how many gift cards never get used. There's been research done saying the average American household has over $300 and unused gift cards. Wow. So what's the deal? I mean, what's with all these gift card balances that just go unused? Well, you know, they often end up at the bottom of a drawer... They get misplaced, they're gathering dust somewhere, they're sitting on a shelf somewhere, they accidentally get thrown out, or there's just a partial balance, and they just get thrown away with a little... There's just a partial balance on this gift card, and so it's wasted. But check this out. Over a span of six years, a financial journal did this research. Over a span of six years, there were in America over $41 billion in unused gift cards. $41 $41 billion lost or discarded, unwanted or neglected, gift cards ending up collecting dust or simply thrown out in the trash. $41 billion, a staggering fortune of wasted resources. You see where I'm going with this, right? <laughs> What about the Holy Spirit? Yes, we have received the gift of the Holy Spirit. Doesn't mean we're living in that. Doesn't mean we've unwrapped that. Doesn't mean it's not collecting dust somewhere. Paul told Timothy this young evangelist. He told Timothy in 1 Timothy 4:14, 4, he said, "Do not neglect your gift." which was given you. Read that with me if you would. Do not neglect your gift, which was given you. I think Paul would say the same thing to each one of us. You have a gift. The church needs your gift. The world needs your gift. Do not neglect your gift, which was given you. And you know, for much of my life, I heard very little about the Holy Spirit. Strangely silent, really. When I did, it was usually to tell me what the Holy Spirit doesn't do. Doesn't do that anymore. Or what the Holy Spirit won't do. Don't ask for that. Holy Spirit's not going to do that. And sadly, I, like many believers, came to a point where I neglected the gift of the Holy Spirit. I neglected the Spirit within, and thank God He's changing me on that. Truth is, the Spirit is that, that set of Christ given spiritual lungs that is grafted into me because of the gospel. And my life with Jesus, your life with Jesus, it depends on the work of the spirit within. This morning, let's create a space where we just pray for each other in humility and love as we grow into that which the spirit has called us to be, has empowered us to be. And maybe it's time for you to accept Christ. Maybe it's time for you to cross that line of faith and say yes to the gospel. Jesus, the son of God. He gave up his life for you on the cross. He died for you. And he rose from death to life so that you, all of us, could have hope beyond this life and beyond this world. And if you need to give your life to Christ, you can do that. Confess your sin. Confess him as your Lord and Savior. Be baptized into him and begin your life with Jesus. We'd love to help you with that today. We'd love to just pray with each other today. Let's worship and pray as we stand together.